There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 10th, 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have up there for future use because sometimes the big ones go down. Actually, any of them can go down, but at least you have other ones to draw from and get the latest shows from if you have these bookmarks. And these are the official sites. There's CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, there's .org, there's .net, .us, .ca, there's Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca, there's CuttingThrough.Jenkness.com, and there's Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. The Sentinel site is the European site, has all the audios for download, uh, the same as the rest of them have, but it's got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given, which you can download for prints up and pass them around to your friends. And I always start the show, I always get the little plug uh, for donations and so on over at the beginning of the show rather than pester you like a professional salesman all the way through it. So uh, here I go. Uh, I need you, the audience, to support me. I don't take uh, money from the advertisers to put in my own purse. That doesn't happen. I don't know who they are. And the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers straight to RBN to pay for this airtime, their staff, their technicians, equipment, and their bills. So it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going in to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. See the books I have for sale at right now, non-linear fashion, because I think Confucius said that people don't really think so much or changed or altered by words or letters, but more by symbols. And I try to explain to you that there's other ways that uh, languages are used upon you without your knowledge. Always in plain view, of course, for those who are taught the, the arts. You can also get the discs I have for sale, there's DVDs, and there's also a lot of shows I've done, maybe 50 shows at a time on discs for sale, and that saves you a lot of time searching for them and downloading them yourself. And you can get a permanent copy that way. So go into the currentrymatrix.com, see what's for sale, and remember from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. I think it's the only country left where you can use a personal check to another country, because we're not really another country now, we're all one. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. And I stress international. Don't walk out with the green one. That's internal only. You can also use Western Union or MoneyGram, Cash or PayPal. Now, PayPal is for donations generally, but you can also purchase the books and so on with the use of PayPal. Just send a separate email along with the PayPal donation. Same across uh, the, the world. You can use the same techniques, uh, Western Union, MoneyGram, Cash, or PayPal. That's up to you. And for those who get the disc burned of the shows and pass to them because they're wise and they don't bother with computers, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P for Peter, 3 
E for Elizabeth, 4. N for Nora, 1. P, 3. E, 4. N, 1. And what I do on this show really is to act more like an observer, sometimes impartial and sometimes not so impartial. It's hard to be impartial when you see the techniques that are used upon the people, the general public, whom the elite call the masses. But at the same time, it's interesting to stand by, back and really observe all factions playing the game, as it's called, the big game, to see who dominates the planet. And really, the game uh, depends upon these uh, opposing partners, you might say, of left and right, because they all work for the same ends. And the fact they've got so much in common, there's hardly a difference between them. Back with more after the following messages. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just mentioning how it's good sometimes to stand back and look at all the things that are happening, because only then will you make sense of any of it. Most folk don't stand back, and most folk don't even know there's much going on, to be honest with you, because their own personal lives don't seem to change that much, even though they are changing, they're adapting. They're adapting very quickly. The old Darwinian saying, adapt or die, uh, that really stands well because most folk simply adapt into whatever their masters decree. It doesn't matter what their masters are called, what system they pretend they're called, or what faction they pretend they belong to. It's all the same old goal of who runs the world. And we've had the rise of different factions in society or classes in the past, and now it's simply the rise of academia, and it has been for an awful long time and science, the scientific dictatorship, as Huxley called it himself, and Russell and others. Uh, We've been run this way for an awful long time. A good book to read is The Organization Man. uh, That was written about how organizations came out of academia and from the universities and all the special courses and took over uh, basically the system of, of enterprise. Everybody had to be a team player and it showed you how loyalties are created, even using military tactics. Because when you join the military, you submerge the individual. In fact, you lose the individualism within yourself, and you give it over to the group. That's a basic thing. And when people become very afraid in society too, you'll find they want to join a group. Uh, The groups are generally provided for you to join led by the same kinds of psychopaths who smell, which is the way the wind's blowing, and they see the opportunity, and they're very quick to grab it and parrot whatever the mass wants them to, to say. That That's a standard in history as well. But what you can do when you stand back and watch all of this is to simply look at the, the media. And a brief scan will do it for you. You have to sit all day looking through uh, countless n- nonsensical articles and recycled news. Well, there's a lot of recycled news out there. Uh, you can actually find patterns. And the elite themselves and the think tanks that work for them use all of these patterns. Everything's based on patterns. And the RAND Corporation, of course, is one of the biggest uh, so-called non-profit organizations that advises governments on the patterns of human behavior. All through the Cold War, they ran us all on game theory, 
uh, on the premise that everyone is basically selfish and psychopathic like the guy who invented it, and therefore you'd only do that which furthered your own advancement and to your own benefit. Therefore, we were selfish little consumers that could be predictable by running us all through computers and eventually come down to the mass equation. And nothing really has changed from there. Now, if you just sit back a little bit and see what's been taught in the schools for quite a few years now to do with environmentalism and the reduction of consumption and uh, save the polar bear and save Willie and all that kind of stuff. It's all to do with this planned society we're really going into now big time. And those children are now coming up through the schools and the high school and they're parroting all their little red book stuff, just like Matt Tong and the Chinese would parrot the red book all the time en masse. Uh, that's what you have coming out of school. You don't have individuals in school. School is meant to, to put you into the mass behavior of consensus. And since you haven't developed your personality, you're too uh, unsure of yourself to become an individual, so you want to join another group as soon as you're allowed to school. That's what a lot of folk do. That's also predictable. And they use teenagers and they use the, the, the young people uh, in their 20s to further the causes of their indoctrination. Uh, these are all sciences that are taught, as I say, at university, high le- university levels and uh, are used upon the public all the time, every generation. So the, the, the sustainability idea and the age of austerity that we've now to go in, they love this ping-pong method, consume, consume through the Bernays era, and then we'll give them austerity when it's a bad, it's bad to consume your anti-social behavior. Social disapproval is used when required. A social approval is given when you're very austere and you bring in your, your old plastic bags that are full of holes to get your groceries from the store. So that's just, these are the simple techniques of training the masses, or the herd, as they like to call it. And they actually do call it the herd, too, by the way, including in medicine. I'll be talking about that later. But another part of it, too, going through cartoons and movies now, is that the elderly uh, ruined the whole planet. Those who are uh, hitting 30, 40, 50, 50 and over are certainly doomed, uh, they ruined the whole planet by consuming. That's the big lie, you see, because the public will do whatever they're told in any era by those who are their masters, right? If they had told us to be austere 50 years ago, we certainly would have been. We would have been back in the 20s when folk were traveling around uh, living in trucks and tents if they wanted that. But they gave us the little age of austerity to build up, especially the U.S. and some of the Western countries, uh, to so they could pay the taxes to bring in the New World Order and conquer the world and then turn us all into this austere uh, global plantation. Something that H.G. Wells uh, and the masters that he worked for wrote about copiously back in the early 1900s, this new world of depopulation, the killing off of the unfit, the elderly, the useless eaters, as Russell called them, and others. So that's really what it's about. So all this killing off the useless eaters stuff is stepping up, and the mantra is in the mouths of the very, very young via their cartoons and their indoctrination in school. This article here is from The Telegraph to show you where it go, how it goes. This is just from one day, looking around, and it's from the 9th of March. It says... Um, 
it says, uh, this is Britain. Now, Britain is a flagship for the world. And that's why Obama and all his, well, it's not really him. He's just a front man for the guys who really run the show behind him. That's why they're rushing through the healthcare system. They're, they've got to get this new system in for the socialized control of human life. That's what it's about. So Britain, as I say, started it off. Well, here, they're way ahead, you see, and they have to catch up in the U.S. now, now that we're all global. And it says, uh, at present, 1.29 million people have had their details. This is their health details. The entire medical history is placed on a, a governmental system. A further 8.9 million records are due to be added by June. And it says, patients' confidential medical records are being placed in a controversial National Health Service database without their knowledge, doctors and leaders have warned. Those who do not wish to have their details on the 11 billion pounds computer system are supposed to be able to opt out by informing health authorities. But doctors have accused the government of rushing the project through, meaning that patients have had their details uploaded to the database before they've had a chance to object. Well, that's the name of the game. It was kept all quiet, right? And it says a scheme, one of the largest of its kind in the world, will eventually hold the private records of more than 50 million patients. Now, remember, they have every person's DNA because they prick the heel of every baby born and have done for about 40 years now. And they have that all over the British Commonwealth countries. I get reports from Australia where people have tried to get theirs back from the government facilities in which they're held. And they admit that they do hold all this stuff. Why do they want that? Because, you see, they believe through DNA they'll tell, they can tell, and your family history, which is also in these databases, uh, if you're prone to certain illnesses and will be a burden on society should you breed, or your children will be a burden to society. This is all part of eugenics, you see. And it says here back in this article, but it's been dogged by accusations that the private information held in it will not be safe from hackers. Well, of course not. That's not the point of it all. The British Medical Association claims that records have been placed on the system without the patient's knowledge or consent. It says it follows allegations that the government wanted to complete the project before the Conservatives had a chance to cancel it. In a letter to ministers published today, the British Medical Association urges the government to suspend the scheme. Hamish Meldrum, as chairman, writes, the breakneck speed in which this program is being implemented is of huge concern. The patient's right to opt out is crucial, and it's extremely alarming that records are apparently being created without them being aware of it. Well, you see, we're post-democratic. I've mentioned that before, too, and I've given you the articles and the books that first mentioned the, the favored collectivization, a form of socialism, a type of socialism, and they don't believe in democracy anymore. It's too, it hampers, you can't get anything done with democracy. Too many conflicting parties. That's a club of Rome from their book, uh, The First Global Revolution. That's what they said. And, and that's, of course, they were the advisor to the United Nations. And every country signs agreements with the United Nations every year on everything. So that's one article there. And then, so here's your records, all your records going there with your DNA and your family histories. Will you be a burden on society? Will your offspring? And this will lead eventually to who should mate and who should not mate. Marriage is almost out the picture now because people don't bother so much about marriage. It's almost a, an obsolete thing eh, because it's been so heavily attacked. That, that had to go too. That was, again, part of the planks of the Fabian society's agenda. And the Fabians, of course, uh, put the prime ministers into Britain pretty well every year now. Blair is a Fabian and so is Brown. They're both members of the Fabian Society. You have to look into it. So was H.G. Wells and many others. 
Now, it's also in the register. I'll put that link up as well after the show. If ExploreNet blesses me with enough speed to upload to the show. I love high-speed satellites. The high-speed part is when they they take the money off you, and the the slow part is them trying to get any service. But anyway, um, 9th of April 2009, it also has it there too. Summary care records, you might die, but they never will. Those with the records have the records will never die. They'll always have that on you. Now, where does that go from there? Well, okay, remember the elderly and the chants and the mantras and the cartoons and the youngsters? They, they, they're going to punish all the elderly now, now because, see, it's their fault. It's, they, had the, they had the good life. They had the good life, apparently. Uh, some, I don't know where in Britain they heard the, the good life, but apparently they had the good life. And, of course, youngsters will believe that, and that's why they have to be austere. And I'll read about what they plan to do with the death tax while you're still alive in Britain for the elderly after this break. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix, just showing you how articles can lead together to form uh, a pattern and show you where it's all going too for those that want to think uh, this article here after the last articles I read goes on a, bit, a step further to do with a death tax to fund care for the elderly so the British governments uh, they haven't ruled this out they want this death tax to continue or, or to go ahead and this is from the, the March 10th uh, Times Online the health secretary today refused to rule out plans for a death tax to pay for care for the elderly. Andy Burnham would not commit the Labour, that's the so-called left wing, to a single policy option before a much-anticipated white paper on the future of social care funding is published later this month. But after a debate on the issue with the Conservatives and Liberal Democrats, he set out in detail what a compulsory model of public funding could look like. The model endorsed by most patient groups, that's, that's really, uh, it's a big massive, uh, um, organization and it's used as a front, of course, like everything else is, and believed to be favored by ministers would involve every adult in England paying towards the cost of a new national care service, a universal system to provide free services. Well, how can it be free services when everybody's got to pay for it through their taxes? Oh, I love how they, they double speak everything. So free service to the elderly at the point of need, much like the National Health Service. Well, see, if the National Health Service was working properly and they weren't cutting back all the, all the cash from it from the government coffers all the time, you wouldn't need anything else, but that's not mentioned here either. It says the Conservatives have attacked the idea as a £20,000 death tax. That's what each person's going to pay this through an extra 20 grand just before you, you know, when you get old, a certain age, which will be deducted from a person's estate when they died. Instead, they propose a voluntary system whereby people could pay an optional one-off payment of £8,000 towards insurance to cover the cost of future residential care. Now, by the way, if you don't have a living will in Canada, and in the British Commonwealth countries, and we are just dominions of London, basically, uh, then uh, they seize your property if you go into care, if you're elderly. They seize, they seize your home and everything else and sell it, and they say that'll, that'll pay for your care, even though you've paid all your life uh, through taxes into the, the health service, because that's what runs it all. 
Craig say that the optional scheme would have low take-up and would not generate the necessary funds to cover the cost of an ageing population. Mr Burnham denied a single amount would be charged to everyone under a compulsory system and said that a range of options were still being considered, including a 10% levy on the value of a person's estate or paying a means-tested amount in instalments over the course of retirement. In other words, you come into your home, they value everything you've got, and that's called the ways and means idea, and they tax you from that. So tax, 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 tax. Plus, it's going to really upset everyone below certain age groups thinking, because they don't think they're going to get old either, and they'll blame the elderly for it. So this is just a bash the elderly kind of idea. After all, what does the UN say? The United Nations says that a good global citizen is a consumer and producer. If you're a consumer only, meaning you're retired, you're a useless eater, basically. Isn't that the case of it? So it's quite something how how all this kind of thing works together. And while that's all on the go, you'll find there's many, many other articles working hand-in-hand with this because some countries are chosen to spearhead certain areas of the global agenda. I mean, for instance, Holland puts an awful lot of money into the so-called new meat-type society where they clone pieces of meats in some kind of fluid, and this is how they hope to get away of the animals that like to fart in fields because apparently the farting is called the fart tax in some countries like Australia and New Zealand. The farmers are paid for this, uh, the so-called methane offshoot, and they actually do call it the fart tax. Uh, so uh, Holland's going to get past that supposedly by just cloning uh, chunks of meat that are apparently are very jelly-like because there's no tone to the muscle or anything, but that's where they're going ahead with. But Holland also, being a, a very advanced socialist country, they tried lots of experiments back in the 70s. Each European country was doing its own experiments to find the best type to bring into the one when they amalgamated. Holland was actually paying the guys to stay home to look after babies so that the mothers could go out to work. So they're very, very, very uh, advanced, you know, socially there. And here they are with another part of their socialized uh, agenda. They, they already have um, euthanasia for the elderly. Doctors kill you off now. And here's the next step to it. See, everything is a step. Once something's in the books and people say, oh, well, you know, and you adapt to it, they just step the next rung up the ladder and here you go. Holland proposes giving the, the 70, over 70s the right to die if they consider their lives complete. Now, remember, the Nazi plan, they brought in the, 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 what they called uh, the hygienists. They actually had hygienics staff, as they call them, that went around hospitals killing off different people that they thought were unfit to live. Uh, and, of course, uh, they only took two doctors at that time to decide, and they just gave you the injection, and that was that. So Holland's going the whole gambit with this, and this is a pilot for the rest of the world to follow. How do you get rid of the useless eaters? After all, they keep living, they keep using up their pensions, and the government really don't, they don't want to pay out those pensions, they just want the money you paid into them, because they've got all these other projects to go, like massive pay increases for the government employees and stuff like that, and wars to fight across the world to conquer, and they don't really want uh, you to, to, to live too long after you retire. They want to put that cash in the kitty for valuable purposes, like giving it to artists that make wonky-looking um, pieces of metal all welded together and call it art. Stuff like that. The important stuff, you understand? So they're going to start killing off the elderly. I'll read this when I come back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just tying a few things together to show the patterns of how things really work. And remember, you can sell anything to the public if you word it in the right way. Anything at all can be sold to the general public who listen with half an ear and simply adapt to whatever they hear. Now, if you want to kill off people for a financial reason, you'll never say so. You'll simply have other excuses for doing so. And that's what you, you hear, you see. Now, this is from, as I say, Mail Online. Holland proposes giving the 70s or the over 70s the right to die if they consider their lives complete. Now, that's the way they word it. That's meant, that gives you your premise right away. The right to die. Everyone will stand up for everyone else's right. So that sounds, well, okay, well, if they want to, you know, well, why not? That's Joe Average, you see. That's how Joe Average talks. 10th of March, 2010. It said, assisted suicide for anyone over 70 who has simply had enough of life is being considered in Holland. Non-doctors, so it's a new category here, just like the Germans had. Non-doctors would be trained to administer a lethal poison to elderly people who consider their lives complete. Complete. They're probably taxed into the completeness, I guess. Maybe that's what they mean by it. The radical move would be a world's first and push the boundaries even further in the country that first legalized euthanasia. You could put this to a marching band and have cheers at the background as I'm saying it. The Dutch Parliament is to debate the measure after campaigners for assisted suicide collected 112,500 signatures in a month, probably from the same organization, campaigners for assisted suicide, right? Who, and the top guys will make their money off this organization too, by the way. <laughs> you can create an organization to get anything through. Euthanasia has been available for the terminally ill in Holland since 2002 in cases of hopeless and unbearable suffering, certified by two doctors just like the Nazis, but this would be a far bigger step. Supporters say it would offer a dignified way to die for those over 70 who just want to give up living without having to resort to difficult or unreliable solitary suicide methods. Uh, they're so humane, these, these Fabianists. You know, they're, they're so humane, and that's just like um, George Bernard Shaw said when he called on the scientists to find a, a, a humane way of gassing uh, the unwanted people, he says, to get rid of them, the useless eaters, the Fabian founder, along with Wells and others. This article goes on to say they might include widows and widowers overwhelmed by grief. Uh, probably so fed up watching the same rubbishy programs on TV and stuff and hearing the same news, taxes, taxes going up, 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 up. Those unwilling to face the frailties of extreme old age, unwilling to face the frailties of extreme old age, hmm, are people too de uh, determined to get out while they're ahead. Oh there's, oh, there's a good one. So they're telling the winners here to go and kill themselves too. Get out while you're ahead and meet death on their own terms, administered obviously by some other people. Assistants who administered the deadly cocktail of sedatives would need to be certified, I'd say, mentally, campaigners said, and they would have to make sure that patients were not acting on a whim or due to a temporary depression, but from a heartfelt and enduring desire to die. Well, the lawyers won't like this because, you see, you can't come back if you, if you change your mind at the last minute, can you? There's no court cases there, so they're kind of out the picture there. But critics say there is scope for the elderly to come under untoward pressure from unscrupulous relatives. You know, the will stuff. Oh, you know, we know you have those 
with that jewelry tucked away in the back shelf and in the tea tin, tea tin, you know, we know where it is, and it's time you split it up with us or else. Many religious groups oppose any form of suicide on principle and the Royal Dutch Medical Association, which played a key role in supporting the nation's euthanasia law, fears patients would use the policy as a way of getting around their own doctors who want to make a killing for pharma and get fatter on it too. Although Switzerland allows assisted suicide in cases where someone is not terminally ill, the Dutch measure would go further. In July 2009, British conductor Sir Edward Downies, 85, and his wife Joan, 74, died together at the Dignitas Suicide Clinic outside Zurich under circumstances of their own choosing, in the words, the words of a family statement. So then they go on to give you an example, you see, where someone decided to go, and it's all done all nicely, nicely, and stuff like that. And then they give you other examples where a rugby player, 23 years of age, died at Dignitas in Switzerland. He'd been paralyzed from the waist down when his spine was dislocated in a training accident. So then they, they, they try to tie it in and, and show you how it's been done elsewhere. So what's the big deal, eh? What's the big deal? Just go ahead and do it. But, of course, who is it they're after here? It's the elderly again. All these articles I'm reading are about the elderly. And getting back to what I said at the beginning, for those with a short attention span, what they're teaching in schools. You see, it's the older generation that had the good life. They reaped all the benefits, plundered their planet themselves, and and they're the cause of, of all this global warming and stuff like that. All the brainwashing they've had is blamed on the elderly. And who dreamed up all this stuff? Very old men like Al Gore. Of course, they don't think about that part, do they? <laughs> and who benefits from it all? Guys who own the carbon trading business like Al Gore. <laughs> oh dear, you have to think for people too sometimes, eh? And just to, just to give you a few quotes here. Uh, remember John Holdren, uh, who helped to write, uh, uh, a book with uh, a couple of other re- real freakish nutcases on uh, totalitarianism. Uh, he, this is what he wrote in one of the books. The population at large could be sterilized by infertility drugs intentionally put in the nation's drinking water or in food. This guy's now the science advisor to the U.S., the whole of the U.S. And people, you know, you could tell them this, as you well know too, and they'll pop their bubble gum in your face and say, and that blank expression, like, so what, you know, you know. This guy's, this guy who said this is in power now. Of course, he didn't really mean that. No, nobody would do that. Of course not. That was from Eco-Science, Population Resources and Environment, 1977. Sterilized by infertility drugs, intentionally put in the nation's drinking water or in food. And they could also get the food to make it themselves by GMO manipulation. If I were reincarnated, I would wish to come back to Earth uh, as a killer virus to lower human population levels. Prince Philip, the guy with the red nose who loves the wine cellar in Buckingham Palace. And here's another one here by H.G. Wells. The world community of our desires, the org... Now, oh, who's our, eh? Well, it's the Fabians and the elite. The organized world community conducting and ensuring its own progress requires a deliberate collective control of population as a primary condition. That was in the book, The Open Conspiracy, 1935. And Lord Bertrand Russell, who also was a big boy for the think tanks, that, and he planned a lot of what we're living through now, by the way. He was one of the key leaders. 
in the Scientific Outlook in 1931 said, Just as the sun worship of the Aztecs demanded the painful death of thousands of human beings annually, so the new scientific religion will demand its holocaust of sacred victims. Perhaps by means of injections and drugs and chemicals, the population could be induced to bear whatever its scientific masters may decide to be for its own good. There you go. If voluntary birth reduction methods did not work, a nation might have to resort to the addition of a temporary sterilant to staple food or to the water supply. Paul Ehrlich, who wrote along with Mr. Holdren there, Stanford University biologist and author of The Population Bomb. And of course, the beautiful woman that women are taught to cheer, uh, Margaret Sanger, who loved the Nazis and who wrote to Hitler, and who also loved the communist regime. She loved both of them because they're both socialist and that the founder of Planned Parenthood, the abortion clinics across the world. She says, The most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant's members is to kill it. It's the most merciful thing you could do. She also said that children were weeds, this wonderful woman. What they all have in common, utter hate for general humanity. Hate drives the world. It's not love, it's hate, you see. And you've got to understand these characters are the ones who lead these mass movements. And that's why they win, by the way, because, uh, you see, hate generally does uh, win. Uh, you can certainly go to the arena like the Christians did with the, to the lions and uh, praise God and all the rest of it. But um, those in power and those with the money, since we're living in the physical world, tend to end up always dominating it over and over again. So that's really a little, just tying a few articles that have come out in day or two together to show you what's really going on and that's how you get fed your indoctrinations through bits and bytes but simultaneously from different sources you don't consciously work out a conclusion on anything in fact most folk don't really think they're having any conclusions but the, the conclusions that the, the final conclusion has been made for them and before you know it they're parroting well i guess it's true there's just too many people in the world Statistics say, and statistics say, I think it was uh, Theo Roosevelt that said there are lies, there are damn lies, and, and then there are statistics. In other words, you call it a scientific survey, and everybody suddenly perks up and believes it is a gospel truth. Now, I've read the articles, too, on Kissinger and his bill that he put through years ago for depopulation. And he said that uh, overpopulation was the major enemy to the state. Now, he was talking about the world state, not just the U.S., but big money suddenly went into programs, again, with the Sanger corporations and all these guys uh, getting massive funding to abort across the world, sterilize and all the rest of it, and at home as well. And it's not so much that uh, they believe it's overpopulated, they just believe it's too much of the wrong kind of obsolete people, the ones who haven't evolved enough, you see, to come through, to go on, who are fit enough to go into a future with them, you see, at the top. They also don't need masses of people to serve them anymore. Not with intensive farming and corporate farming and robotic machinery and factories and stuff like that. Eventually they'll even thin out China as they cut down and cut down over the next 50 years and they'll have enough to pr- produce for who's left. And of course we know who's going to be left. It's not going to be uh, the mob down below who are simply using this technique of money and taxation to fund all this into existence. A new system will come in in your lifetime to do with money altogether, and you will serve the world system. But I've read also about how the U.S. 
has quite a few military installations with the, the HARP projects, the H-A-A-R-P projects, standing waves, where they can actually cause earthquakes and so on. I've read from the, the, the UN site, from the treaty, there's a whole bunch of them, because they keep signing them year after year from the 70s, all through the 70s, updating them. And they admit they can cause earthquakes, uh, famine, uh, droughts, um, they can cause floods. Uh, tornadoes and various other catastrophes. They actually said that the atom bomb was obsolete because of it with weather warfare techniques. And But earthquakes is definitely one of the bad ones which you can cause with it too. Uh, Very quick as opposed to uh, simply drought or or flooding. Uh, This article here is from the Austrian Times online and it says, the US behind the Haiti quakes is an Innsbruck scientist. And this goes on to say, Innsbruck political scientist Claudia von Werloff has accused the USA of being behind the Haitian earthquake in January. It emerged today. That's Tuesday. It was yesterday. Werloff said that the machines at a military research center in Alaska used to detect deposits of crude oil by causing artificial earthquakes had intentionally intentionally been set off to cause the Haitian earthquake and enable the USA to send 10,000 soldiers into the country. Ferdinand Karlhofer, the head of the Innsbruck Political Science Institute, where von Werhoff works, has slammed her comments. He said such conspiracy theory had no scientific basis and her claim would, claim would damage the reputation of the Institute board. Well, they do have this. They have signed all this stuff into international treaties in the 70s. They wouldn't do that unless they already had it and it actually works. And they're doing far more than just uh, just that. They're doing spraying of the skies too. For its 12 years now, going going on straight uh, and across the states and Canada, with testing before that, but now it's straight. And so there's massive weather manipulation, but there's also uh, definitely uh, earthquakes that which are part of the standing wave idea. If you go into standing wave uh, technology, and you'll see that that can be done. In fact, if you go into the, the guy who first came out with it, he shook a skyscraper in New York where his lab was, uh, basically smashed all the windows when he first tried it out. And uh, all the buildings around about him lost all their windows as well. That was Nikola Tesla. But they can actually do it either, um, and actually they can triangulate this too by bouncing off the ionosphere, the power standing wave, and bring it down on any country they wish. They also use it in concert with other um, sites that they have them set up, like Australia and Pine Gap. And they have them in Iceland, Greenland, Norway, and across the world now. So they can triangulate them and put incredible power, uh, energy power, right through the whole planet if need be, and cause an earthquake at the other side if need be too. That's all in the treaties. Though. And you have to wade through them, all these different treaties, to see how that goes. Now, the U.S., as I say, was the driving force. It's a beautiful system when you use one country to bring all this in, but it pretends to be different from all the rest. Because, you see, the U.S. had to be the driving machine to bring in the New World Order. They had to give the people a little better standard of living than the rest of the world for a while to make them proud so they wouldn't bitch about paying their taxes. They would supply the manpower for military mites 
and they could also, with this massive population, uh, a wealthier population, tax them more, go into research and development for for new kinds of weaponry and all the rest of it. Well, now that that's done and they're finishing off standardizing the world, as I say, they're, they're pulling the rug from the people back home. And they have, to get, they have to sink into the very system which they helped create. And remember, taxation now is going global, global taxations. So they don't need to keep one happy country happy anymore. This is from the New York Times. UN, U.S. nears a crossroads on trade. This is a free trade deal. After a year in which global exports declined by 12% in the biggest contraction since World War II, trade policy is heating up again. But the question is whether the U.S. is prepared to lead the way or whether domestic protectionist measures will make it open impossible for the Obama administration to engage fully with the country's trading partners. If you're serious as the Obama administration is about being a leader in the multinational, that means international system, you can't provide leadership in the international trade arena. They want them to drop all tariffs from all imports, meaning whatever business is left, if you have any manufacturing left, it will go under. It said Robert Z. Lawrence, a professor of international trade and investment at the Harvard Kennedy School. On Wednesday, the Director General of the World Trade Organization, United Nations, Pascal Lamy, met with the Treasury Secretary, Timothy Geithner, and with the United States Trade Representative, Ron Kurt, to understand American misgivings about the long-stalled Doha rounds of trade accords, which began in 2001. At the same time, the Obama administration is dealing with trade disputes with Mexico and Brazil over American restrictions on truck trucking and subsidies for cotton growers. They want them to do away with all subsidies and allow free, unbounded trade to put what's left in the U.S. under. So apparently in the Bush era, they didn't sign that last treaty for the last step of it. The rest of the countries did, and they want Obama. And of course, Obama's put in place now to make sure that's done, because they had to keep America seeming kind of America uh, when a Bush administration was in. Now it's time to show you're truly international and a global leader. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And uh, there's a caller from South Carolina, Nicholas. Are you there, Nicholas? Hey, Alan Watt. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm just one more of them kids. They brainwashed one in the millions. Uh, yep. We were growing up and vaccinated and indoctrinated for our whole lives, but we're working on it down here, man. I just want to let you know that your books that you send in the mail are yeah. listed as hazardous material, man. I swear to God, I got one in the mail today. Yep. And there's big stickers all over it. It was sent to Washington to be inspected. <laughs> yes, happened to others too. <laughs> Actually, I had I had I had one went to New York, and the guy wrote back and said I think it went through to, to Guantanamo Bay first because of the mess it was in when he got it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's got a big airplane on it. It's crossed out. It says surface transportation only because apparently your book might blow up an airplane. There you go. And it says it was sent to United States Postal Inspection Service Dangerous Mail Investigations. <laughs> and it's got an inspector that signed off on it. It was examined pursuant to government code and clear for processing. I swear to God. There you go. Yeah, Books that's... are listed as hazardous, dude. That means you're doing something good, I guess. Um, I must be. But a, lot, a lot of folk find that, too. They have these amazing packages arrive with all these weird stickers on them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, You're yeah. on the hot well, list, dude. You better watch out, man. <laughs> yeah, something else. Yeah. Once we amalgamated, I guess I'll have to come up here and whisk me off to the, the nearest torture center yeah, and deal with me there. Yeah. And I'll come out like Clockwork Orange, the movie Clockwork Orange. I'll be all changed and all different and very politically correct. And I'll be very kind and nice to my masters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> all right, man. I just want to let you know you're doing the right thing, man. Take care. We Keep listening. And thanks for calling. All right. Good night. Bye now. Yeah, folk have no idea the stuff that goes on here, the harassment I get just with the internet and all the rest of it, which they're allowed to do cyber wars. They're allowed to attack your computer systems and different things and give you a hassle. And then uploading with the ExploreNet, they were told, obviously, by the government to cut my speed down to about twice dial-up and give me a hard time, hoping just to shut you down and get you fed up. But uh, I persevered so far. But just to finish off tonight, with all this nonsense about uh, global warming, in the Baltic, they've got massive icebreakers getting stuck in the ice packs there. There's not much there this year. And here's an article from the Weather Network. It says, Freak storm brings snow to the beaches of southern France. A rare sight to see, a snow-covered beach. A freak storm hit southern France on the weekend, bringing around 40 centimetres of snow to some areas. Palm trees are even sagging under the weight of the snow. Residents are taking full advantage of this rare opportunity, though. Several people were found sliding down hills on makeshift snowboards. Students are also enjoying a snowy day. So there you go. Uh, that's uh, that's what's sort of going on with the global warming. We're getting more snow than ever, more cold temperatures than ever. Britain had its worst deep freeze for many, many, many years as we're signing the Copenhagen Treaty. Inside the building uh, where they were signing the Copenhagen Treaty, uh, there was a snowstorm, and some of them had to get rescued out of that. So, But nevertheless, though, reality's got nothing to do with the agenda, and the agenda goes forth. We're going to be taxed into the grave. But mind you, they're going to help us now with all the subsidized money to end our lives before we get to that point. We can go much earlier than we'd perhaps planned. I'm sure they'll even have people who'll come around and convince you, specialists will convince you, do you really want to go on living? Haven't you had enough by now? Haven't we made it hard enough for you by now? Isn't it time to just shake your head and give up now that your pockets are empty? Well, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> <laughs> 